Hey y'all, this is Hannah Anders and you're listening to the Boots and Whiskey podcast. And now after years of planning, sweating and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. Trying to be drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Oh, over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Oh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. Thank you so much for checking us out here on your favorite podcast platform. Today we have Hannah Anders on the show. This this is a conversation unlike many we have had. I, or, I don't know, maybe it's like many we've had, but it's definitely not like any we've had. <laughs> I know that probably sounds crazy, right? Um, but it's true because this episode you're about to hear has a lot of in-depth things. We talk about a lot of life things. We talk a lot about, um, you know, what's it like to be a person in this world and how we're all kind of really the same and what we feel like and what we go through. And it was just, it's awesome. It was an awesome, awesome conversation. Um... If you tuned in uh, this week on Dirt Road FM, thank you so much for coming back and checking out the full episode. I think it's, like I said on Dirt Road um, the other night, it's. I think it's important for you to hear more of what Hannah has to say because it really hits home for a lot of people. And I think it could be helpful. Uh, I know it sure as hell was helpful for me at the time that we, uh, that we recorded this episode. So I am actually forever grateful to Hannah for her time and her words and her uh, wisdom and all of that. It was really, really, really appreciated. So Hannah, thank you so much for taking your time um, to be here with us today on the show. Um, it's not overlooked. You know, you could have really done anything else with your time and we appreciate you being here um, with the time that you do have. So thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. You know, make sure to follow us on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you name it, we have it. Um, we are about to hit another Instagram milestone, so maybe you will be the person to hit it. Um, maybe we'll do something cool for the person that hits our next thousandth person to be a fan of the show. Um, with that being said, you know, I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Hannah, um, also, don't forget that I've been posting it on social media, but um, Cameron Marlowe is coming to Off the Rails this Saturday night, um, May 27th. Tickets are still available. Go to offtherailsworcester.com to get your tickets. It's a show you're not going to want to miss. That's really the long and short of it. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the episode, and we will see you on the flip side. Cheers.
We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off the Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off the Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey, Hannah. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Oh my gosh! Yes, thank you for reaching out. I'm glad that glad that we. It's crazy because we we talked months ago and April felt forever away, and here we are. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's so funny how that works with us. You know, I'm. Oh God, I hate talking about myself like this for an only child, but. Um, <laughs> Like we've been super fortunate, you know, where like my, our schedule is full for the year. That's fantastic. Like I have, I mean, I have some wiggle room, you know, but like, I also have to have a life too, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) You know, so it's, it's been, you know, it's been a blessing and a curse at times, you know, and I'm sure you can, you can attest to that to what, for what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I get it. I absolutely get it. Yeah. So yeah. Like I said to you, you know, this is about you. I'm going to, you're, you're going to tell your story. I'm going to interject with probably stupid shit along the way. And, <laughs> um, you know, we're just, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun. Love it. I love it. I'm so, ready. So I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate even, who are you? What do you do? Like, just tell, tell me your story. Okay. <laughs> well, I was born on a Wednesday. <laughs> I was um, too, I think, actually. How were you? Yeah, like legit. Okay. I really think so. <laughs> um, all right, gosh, where to start? I mean, I guess at this point people want to know where the where the music came into my life, I guess. So I I was born into a really musical family. Um, especially on my dad's side. I grew up in Georgia. I was actually born in Texas, but um, but didn't live there very long. My dad was an astronaut trainer at NASA. So we lived in Houston, yeah. Texas for a while. Um, and uh, after the Challenger, um, which that's dating myself, you guys. Okay. So <laughs> don't judge. Um, well, it would only date you if you said how old you were in 1986. So. Well, it was, I was alive. So we'll just go with there that. There you go. <laughs> well, well, then, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Not going there. Not going it's there. It's okay. You know nope. what? I, I say, I say all the time with, with, you know, the, the music business has a real, the entertainment industry has a real ageism problem. And I always say that, you know, other entertainers and especially entertainers that are above 25, you know, the wisdom, experience, talent, and, and fortitude that comes with age in this business really should be celebrated. Oh yeah. You don't know what you're doing in your teens and your twenties, let alone how to run a business or how to operate a brand and not without a whole bunch of help and, and, and obviously people do it, but um, you know, the, the whole, like put you out to pasture after your 30 thing is, I think, I think needs to, I think that needs to die a slow, painful death, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, doing this show, I, you know, I talk to a lot of people, right. Yeah. And there's very few people that, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this, but you and I are practically the same age. Um, yeah. That, you know, and everybody else is like 20. Yeah. 22. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And like, I think about me at 20, 22 years old. And it's like, nope. 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 I was, I was trying to figure out how, you know, the fastest way to get drunk or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How to, how to blow my money on stupid shit. And you're just, you know. you're just working it out, you know, yeah. and how could you have possibly paid any dues at, at 20 you know it's just it's just crazy so yeah I you know I'm happy to be where I am in life I definitely wouldn't want to go back and do it again I think anybody in our in your 30s feels that way it's like oh for the love of god don't make me do it again yeah (laughs) oh yeah a hundred a hundred percent you know and it's but you know it's funny you say that because like I don't know that I would I don't know that I wouldn't do it again and I say that because you know everything I've gone through and everything I've done has made me you know, good, be- right, wrong, or indifferent, or good, good or bad, has made me who I am now. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of 
fucked up stories along the way. That's how it goes. <laughs> that is how it goes. Uh, so have you been playing music and doing that since, since you were, you know, that age? Since I was literally a fetus? Yeah. I feel, you know, I feel like I have, my mom will actually tell you that that I su- literally sung before I spoke. I mean, I, I I would sing everything that she would say when I was little, little, and I, I c- couldn't really put sentences together yet, but I would I would sing song everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm, so my parents kind of always knew, and, and my, my grandmother and my cousins, I mean, all sing, we all sung together. My grandma was my first piano teacher. I mean, so I, I definitely came into the world a singer. There's no doubt about it. And I was really fortunate and blessed that my parents um that didn't really terrify them the way it probably should have but they they were super super supportive and um and you know I, I so we moved to Georgia when I was about five and um and I that's where I grew up I mean and I grew up on really idyllic childhood in a lot of ways grew up on a lot of land in the middle of nowhere we had horses and goats and um you know a good work ethic was instilled into me and I I really valued um you know, that, that life and, and being with my family and sitting around a bonfire and singing songs with my cousins. And, um, you know, but there wasn't a whole lot of, especially like what people have now. I mean, we didn't have any access to YouTube or singing lessons or anything like, I mean, I was lucky to find a singing teacher at my church. You know what I mean? It was probably just a choir director. So, um, I had to just kind of seek it out anywhere I could find it. And, and that wasn't easy to do in that environment. So while that environment definitely shaped who I am and it, and it, it shaped my, my value system. It, it did not, it wasn't really the greatest place to grow as a musician and uh, listen to a lot of music, but it didn't really give me an opportunity to do that. So as I got into high school, um, I actually sought out um, a program at a high school that had a sort of a more focused performing arts program and, and really dove into that head first and just knew that I, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. And so I took every opportunity. I started songwriting when I was 15 and started recording my songs at, at that time. And, um, and then when I graduated, I, I moved to Nashville and I, I actually did my undergrad at Belmont university here and in, in voice. And I, that's it. I've never looked back. I mean, that is just what I, I, you know, people ask me, how did you choose music? I say, I didn't, it, I was chosen, it chose me. I, I came into the world without much of a choice, you know, and I, I've been sort of following that path ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. You know, it's I I always enjoy hearing um, how people have gotten to, you know, where they are. You know, and yeah. and like I I know I'm probably gonna keep referencing our ages. That's okay. Do in it. This, Let's in this episode. it. But it's you know it's one of those things where I love. You know, I love that. You know, you can say something, or I could say something to you, and we could relate. You know, because yeah. we grew up at the same time. Yeah. You know. Because I talk to a lot of these younger folks and they're like, oh, I don't understand. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean you don't understand? <laughs> like, we didn't have the internet until like three years ago, guys. Like, <laughs> Right. You know? Like, yeah. There was no logging on to YouTube. Right. Right. That I mean, didn't exist. I mean, about the time, you know, realistically, the, the year I graduated high school, you know, Facebook was still only in colleges. Right. You know, it. it so it's like the whole social media, the whole internet thing is like, you know, I think about it and yeah, it's been, you know, what, 18 years now or so, but it still feels like, you know, we've only had it for like three or four years. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That's just a different, it's a different world. I'm really glad to have grown up at that time, to be honest with you. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, I really, I feel, I feel really bad for people um, who have to deal now with all of the social media stress on top of the stress of already growing up. Right. You know, I, it's like, if we got bullied, people had to have the courage of their conviction. You know, you had to do it to someone's face. You right. had to really mean it. But when you went home, it was over. Right. It didn't follow you. It didn't, it didn't message you on Instagram. It didn't yes. post about you. It was over. Right. And so it didn't mean it wasn't hard. But it's like it, it. We didn't have all this nonsense that just occurs now, yeah. you know, that kids have to deal with, that teenagers are dealing with. I feel I really do feel for them. I'm very grateful to have grown up at a time that there was anonymity in your life, and yeah. nobody, knew, you know, people didn't know your every move. I oh just... God, you! I can't even. You know, it's funny because you know, my wife and I have a. Well, she has a 13 year old, and or okay. almost 13, and 
you know, I, we say to him all the time, like, you, you got to be careful what you're doing. Yeah. You know, because everybody will know. Everybody will know. You know, and he'll say things like, well, well, didn't you do that when you were that age? It's like, yeah, but, you know, the whole world didn't need to know it. Exactly. And the whole world couldn't know it. Couldn't. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's crazy. That's wild. It's crazy. So crazy. when you, so as you were coming up, how did you, you know, how did you really get yourself out there? Gosh, you know, so I, when I first got to Nashville, so, you know, as, as a, as a teenager and I was, when I was in high school, I would, so I was writing and recording and doing demos and I would, you know, um, this is, are you there? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. My, uh, my Wi-Fi just kicked me out and went to my 5G. So, oh, uh, oh. that was fun. Are you great? Um, so you went to Nashville. That was a lot. So, yeah. So when I, you know, when I was in high school, I would, I would just kind of put myself up and out for any opportunity I could find as far as just auditions and musicals and choir. And those, those were kind of my outlets for a long time. But when I moved to Nashville, I really kind of right out of the gates. I mean, I was a, I was a first semester freshman. And I, at that time, music row was still intact. What it, what it, it, it's not really what it used to be. But when I moved here, it was, and I just started walking up and down Music Row and knocking on doors and saying, you know, probably they thought I was so, so ridiculous. I mean, here are these major publishing companies and, and record labels. And I just said, you know, I'm an artist and I'm a songwriter and, and how do I get involved? What do I do? And I mean, I just, I just, I had no, I mean, you're 18, you're like, you don't have any shame, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I finally walked into an artist, artist development company and said, this is, this is what I'm doing. And I want to write songs and sing country music. And, uh, and they said, okay. And so I, I got into a development contract with them and we, they started putting me with songwriters and, and I recorded my very first like three song demo, like old school Nashville, you know, we pitched to labels and all the while it was in school. And, um, and I, you know, and I went through, through the game. I mean, I really went through the ringer by my senior year. I had a record deal, um, with a rock label out of LA actually. And, um, and I was so excited because I thought, okay, like, this is my moment. I'm going to graduate and I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to, I'm going to sing. And I, and country was my love, but I love rock as well. And if you, if you listen to, to my music or you ever come to a live show, that's pretty apparent right out of the gates that I'm a pretty good blend of those two things. And I felt like rock was still going to be an outlet for my country roots. And I, I think that the two are, are really well blended. And so I was at that point, just happy to have an opportunity to, to go and get in the studio and, and be supported by a label. And so it was a great deal. And I was getting a monthly per diem. And I hear I was a 22 year old kid with, you know, more money every month that I knew what to do with. And, um, and uh, the, the CEO of that label came to Nashville to do a final meeting with me and made a pretty aggressive pass at me. And I, I, and he was like in his late forties, I'm 22. Okay. So gross. And I, I said, yes. um, yeah. And I had just started dating. I don't my mean to mouth. giggle at that. I'm sorry. That it yeah. was just the way you said gross. Gross. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Um, and I just started dating my now husband. So I used that as my, as my scapegoat. I said, you know, thank you so much. I've, I've actually, I've gotten in a relationship and I think that it's better. We keep our relationship professional, but I'm flattered and I appreciate it. And I'm looking really forward to working with you. I didn't know what I was a young kid. I didn't know what else to do. Right. And um, two days later, I got a phone call from his assistant and I was dropped from that, from that record deal. Ugh. And it's, it's, it's the tale as old as time, um, you know, and, uh, and I was let go and um, I was devastated. I mean, I was devastated and, and, you know, we've got such a culture of you as a, as a woman or as a girl thinking, well, it's my fault. I did something wrong. I said something that offended him. I should have done this. I should have done that. It's stupid. It was him that was out of line and I yeah. kind of walked away with my head up, but I, it crushed me and I, I had to go back and ask for a job that I had left because I'd gotten this record deal and they were paying me a monthly salary. And I, I had to just go and say, can I have my job back? I mean, it was horrible. It's a young kid. You're just like, this is, this is it. My life is over, you know? And I, I went back to a job I hated and I, I, I worked and I kept my head down. I didn't write for months. I didn't sing. I just sort of had to kind of process this 
kind of grief almost, you know, yeah, and, then, yeah. um, and then got put back into another deal with a really reputable producer and manager in Nashville. And I was sort of ready again. And I thought, okay, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. And we, we uh, were going to record some songs and I'm going to leave names out because it's a small town. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I was ready to get back in the studio and my parents funded the project and we recorded one of the six songs and he disappeared with the rest of the money. Oh. And this was like, this was a reputable guy, you guys. Like this was a this was not some like joker off the street. This is someone who had credits, who had worked at some of the major labels in town, who had managed some like very name artists. Um was this Scooter Braun? No. <laughs> not Scooter Braun. I wish that I had tea about Scooter Braun, but I don't. Um, well, well, Taylor's told us enough. So we're... Yeah, she's already she's got more tea than we can all possibly consume. But um <laughs> But, you know, and so that was kind of like a one-two punch really fast, you know, back to back, like within six months. And I just was, I was disenchanted at that point. I wanted out of Nashville. I was, I was so just bitter and pissed. And, um, and I looked at my, again, now husband, been with my husband now for a long time. We just got married, but we were together at the time. And I said, I want out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's go to LA. I, I want something different. I need a change. He he's a Cali boy, born and raised, and had lived in LA before. He said, "Let's go." I, four months later, we packed a U-Haul at, at 24 years old, drove across the country, didn't have a job, didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I needed to do something different. And- Dallas Jackson here with Tips to Music. Artists, are you tired of getting five dollars to play Freebird? Are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tips to Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your setlist. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. And I got to L.A. and... uh opened a vocal studio. I have this degree. I had actually started it in Nashville. Um, I thought I have this degree in voice. I know, I know what I'm talking about. I don't want to work for anybody. I want the freedom to pursue my, my career. And I, I don't want to have to answer to somebody or ask for time off to go play shows. I didn't want to live in that world. So I started a, a vocal studio where I was training singers. And so I, I had just started to get that rolling. I closed it down in Nashville, moved to LA, reopened it. Um, sat down with, with my, my husband and he's a great record producer. He's like, let's make you some music that you want to make. You know, let's make, make the music you want to make. And I started to write for myself, not for a label, not for a development deal, not for a producer, not for, and, um, and then I thought right now I got, I got to put a band together. This is the next thing. And I, I started slowly gathering a band and started to play out and my vocal studio just took off. I was being called in by the major studios and for people on the voice and America's got talent. And I was coaching all these singers and I was doing all this great, really exciting stuff. And I would say that LA is really where I got my chops as an, as an entertainer. I mean, I was up in these lineups of, of, of these rock bands on the sunset strip. And here I was the one country band in the lineup. And I thought, okay, this is a chance to hold my own. It's easy to walk into a room and perform to people that want to be there to want that want to see the music you're doing. It's an entirely different thing to walk in a blonde 24 year old country singer from Georgia into the, you know, the Roxy on the, on the sunset strip with a bunch of metal heads and try to get, get them on your side. Yeah. You know? um, and we did, and we did over and over and over again. And that's kind of when I knew that we had something cool and special and different as a band and as a sound and the thing that we were doing as a female country artist, was cool. I didn't want to sing pop country. I didn't, that wasn't who I was. I didn't want to be forced into that box. I wanted the edge. I wanted the grunge. I wanted the rock element and, and I went for it. And and that's really, I think where I became who I am to this day, really as an entertainer. And, um, and I was in LA almost 10 years before I moved back to Nashville. Wow. Yeah. It was a, it was a very significant chapter of my life. So it's have been- you, have, so you've, Recently moved back to Nashville, then. Yeah, it's been five years ago now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I know, I know. So what made you do that? 
You I know, mean, I, I mean, I could, I could list a reason, a list, a <laughs> list, a laundry list of reasons why you would move out of LA. But correct. Um, you know, I'll tell you what. It, this is going to be such a country music answer, but it was a God thing, a hundred percent. Okay. Uh, I never thought I would leave LA. I I was very happy there. It was a it was a different life, and it, I definitely longed for a lot of the comforts of the things that I'd grown up with. I longed for nature. I longed for a little more simplicity. It's a very very different lifestyle, but I really grew to love it. And I had great friends, and I I loved the diversity, and I loved all of the culture, and I loved all of that part of it. Um, but I. I had a management company at the time that was based out of Nashville. All of our dates that we were playing were in the middle of the country. As they say, all roads lead to Nashville. Well, LA ain't one of them. Okay. So like you've got, those are fly dates every single time that you've got to go. So every date was a fly date. Every, everything was getting expensive. The overhead to get to the gigs we were booking was just asinine. And, um, and it started to kind of become apparent like, Hey, maybe, my, and my husband was starting to specialize as a producer in country music that was sort of becoming his specialty, interestingly. Um, and that's those were the artists that were seeking him out in L.A. And and so we just my management at the time finally said to me, hey, look, you, you're too far. You actually couldn't be any further and still be in this country. Like we need you yeah. to work your way back into the middle, you know, because I think you're costing yourself some really great opportunities by being as far as you are. And we were also at that point starting to tour in Europe. So we'd started opening up the Irish and UK market. Um, and so yeah. that was making it very, very hard to, to get there. So, I mean, you could do it, but it's a, it's a long flight. Okay. So, right. So, oh yeah. Hell yeah. Long way to go. Right. Um, and the whole time we'd been in LA, we were renting a house and we loved our house and we loved our neighbors. We we're like all great friends. And, and my lead guitar player at the time, who I'd played with for a decade at that point, who was my my right hand and my writing partner, and without any knowledge of this conversation with management, called me up and said, hey, you know, I think that my family and I are going to relocate to Nashville. And I, you know, don't worry, I can put a band together for us there and you can fly out and you can run it. And I was like, or I, I can run it, you know, get it ready. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, how am I going to lose this is my musical director. Like, this is crazy. And so my husband said, you know, do we need to go to Nashville? No, 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 no. And it's not, no, I don't think so. We're we're making it work. We'll keep making it work. And that, that week our landlord came and gave us notice on our house because she wanted to move back into it. And then we had nowhere to live. I mean, we could have obviously looked, but all of a sudden it was like every door in LA started to close. It was like notice on our home. The band is, my band leaders relocating to Nashville. Management wants me to go back to Nashville. My husband was able to find commercial space in this incredible studio here in Nashville. He just kind of started to look something we could have never accomplished in LA. Just cost of living was too crazy. Yeah. And, um, and it was just, we sort of went reluctantly to be honest with you. It was just very obvious that we were supposed to go, but it was a very hard move. It was very sad. It was a very different vibe than going out, going out. I was like, Oh, this is an adventure and I'm ready. And going back was very melancholy. Um, I, and I, I was very, very sad to do it, but I knew I was supposed to do it. And that's, you know, anytime people ask me about that, about, you know, those kind of big things, I say, that's a life, it's a life hack to leave a place that you've gotten comfortable and challenge yourself. And even though I was quote, coming back to something I'd known, it was 10 years later, none of my friends were here. Nashville had changed completely. If you know Nashville, you know how much it's changed in the last 10 to 15 years. And, and I had to start all over again, you know, and it, and, um, and it's ended up being a great, a great, the best thing that we could, it's exactly what we were supposed to do, but um, that's how I ended up back. It was just this series of pushes from the universe and from God being like, I, I know you don't want to go, but you have to go. So if, if you won't go, if you won't go willingly, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna make you. I'm gonna make you go, and and that's what that's kind of how it had to be, um, and and that's and here we are, and that the whole band actually came as well, minus minus the drummer at the time, um, everybody was sort of ready for a change, which was really interesting. So that was at least a sense of comfort at the time. Was all right. Well, I got my guys, you know, so we'll we'll pick up from here and and keep going. Damn. But we did. That's incredible. Yeah, that's you know because it's. You know, I, I've talked to a few people that have been out in California, you know, like more like the Bakersfield area. You yeah. Know, and, 
Um, you know, I always find it interesting when I hear, you know, country artists try, try, you know, cause some, some decide to, Hey, I'm going to pack up and move to LA and try the country thing out here. And it like, it always kind of makes me laugh and giggle a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, it's almost like, you know, you kind of have that sense of, you know, if you don't know the industry or anything, like, you know, it, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like that's not where you want to go. You know, but like so many people have done it and been successful at it. Yeah. Well, I think you've got to just keep it into perspective about what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, the thing is, is there's there's huge country music scene in California, yeah. not necessarily in L.A., but in the surrounding areas. Bakersfield's a great example. Um, you know, they're they're there. And I think in some ways it's nice because it's not oversaturated. Whereas yeah. Nashville is obviously extremely saturated. Um, like we almost never play in Nashville. People say, oh, where do you play in Nashville? I say, I don't. Right. don't play in Nashville. I'm based in Nashville. You know, right. it's the hub. And then you tour out. Like I was out, I was out on the road this weekend, but it was all through Georgia. So, you know, which was nice to kind of quote, go home. But um, very rare that we actually have a gig here. And not that we couldn't, but I just, I'm not, I don't want to do the Broadway circuit. That's not that's not what I'm here to do. Right. Um, You're past that. Yeah. And I, and I don't mean that any disrespect to the people that are doing no, that. No, people make Broadway a great, too. great living doing that. And I think that that's a great path for people who really want to play live music, but they don't want to be on the road because that is a whole other thing. And it's hard. It's if you've got family and you don't want to be gone from them, the Broadway mm-hmm. circuit is great and they make mm-hmm. good money and they get to, they get to be full-time musicians, you know, like in a lot of ways they won, they did right. it. Right. Um, it's just not for me. And so right. it's it's just not this this circle, this the scene that I want to play. But I, I have a lot of friends that do it really successfully and and hats off to them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you're you know, I, I always find this interesting when, you know, I come across artists like you and you know, others that you know, yeah, yeah, you've been doing it for a, for a while now right mm-hmm. and you know successful at it but and and again this is going back to our to our age how have you <laughs> utilized and been so successful with your social media presence gosh the social media eludes me still I gotta be honest I don't get it I don't get algorithms I don't really understand hashtags I don't I mean I get it but I don't get it I sure the whole thing if I if I did not have to be on social media for my work, I'd delete all of it. I hate it. Yeah. That's that's my honest response about social media. I I recognize the importance. I recognize the gift that it is to independent artists like myself that we have a platform to release and share our music and we are not held up by gatekeepers anymore. And that to me is the biggest blessing of social media. Um but it will go, I mean, I'll tell you, like, my Instagram will go in, go in these phases where the interaction is crazy high, and I'm getting all kinds of great data and analytics, and I can see who's who's checking things out, and I can market to them, and then all of a sudden, I, I, will, I will upset the balance of the algorithm, and then my thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, and I get five likes on something, and you, you just yeah. don't know what's done it, you know, <laughs> okay, what happened, you know, last yeah. week I was doing great, so I think you just have to like, for me, it's been a, it's been a situation of, I I don't get obsessive about it. I post when it's authentic. I try to be myself. I I don't try to post for any, I don't try to post for likes, try to post for the things that matter to me. And I try to be accessible. I'm always the one that answers my social media. I think that's really important. Um, I don't have people that, that respond to my fans or respond to my messages or comment for me I've always made sure that it's me that is engaging and so when I get to a show and someone says oh I reached out you talked to me on Instagram I was there for that I don't have to have some weird inauthentic moment where oh that was really my my manager that was really my assistant and I you know I to me I feel like that's really been the the keystone of my brand is that it's me I'm accessible I'm available within reason and um and I want to know the people who my music means something too. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny talking about algorithms because I've noticed, you know, when I started my Instagram for this show, like I followed everybody and everything, you yeah. know, like, and then over the last, you know, a couple of days or whatever, I was like, you know what? I follow so many people that I can't follow anybody that I actually want to follow. 
they're like, no, you've already followed too many people. Yeah. So I've started to like unfollow people that I just, you know, it not necessary, you know, it, it's not against anybody or anything. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't need to follow random people from high school anymore. Cause you know, I just don't. Yeah. Um, and I found that my, uh, my views have gone up quite a bit since, since then. Interesting. Since I've started unfollowing the views of the eyeballs and the traffic has gone up. It's really, it's really interesting. That is really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, so is that the secret? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's, right. Yeah. It's just, it's a funny, it's hard to know. And, and it changes all the time. I mean, like I've got a great guy I work with for some PR stuff and, and she's kind of always sort of taking the classes and going to the seminars and okay, well, this is the newest thing. And I remember there was literally like a two month period where she'd call me and be like, okay, you want a hashtag within the post, no more than 11 hashtags, no less than seven. And you're going to post it this time. Okay. Two weeks later. Okay. Don't hashtag in the post anymore. Hashtag is the first comment and don't do more than six. Oh, oh, okay. And then she called me. Okay. Don't hashtag. We're done with, okay, no, okay, now we're hashtagging again. You're just like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. Who is yeah. making these rules? I'm yeah. like, oh, can we just all get the playbook so we know what we're doing? Right. Right. You know? Yeah, it's it's wild. It it's is wild. It's, it is, social media has become the Wild West. It sure has. It sure has. Yeah, it sure has. Oh, God, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, uh, <sighs> When you when you're out playing shows, yeah, do you have at this point? Are there places you haven't gone that you want to go? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes, there's so many places I want to go. I mean, I. So this, you know, we've been as I said, we've been opening up Ireland and UK for a while. Last year we were in the UK twice, and this year we're adding Scandinavia to the. Um, to the list. And I am so unbelievably excited about that. I mean, I am definitely a person that I would be so happy to be in Europe half the year. I love it. I love it so much. They're, they're underserved as a market. They love when American country music artists go over there. They are such fans of American country music. They just have a different, it's like with, in America with, with TikTok and with all of the access to artists and all the bands always tour here. It's just like, people almost don't appreciate it in the yeah. same way. And you go over there and, and they're so happy to have good live music. And they're so happy that you've come to them that the, the vibe, the acceptance, the happiness, the loyalty of the fan base is, it's just, it's the thing that makes you want to get out of bed and do it every day. You know, it's just honestly, uh, I'd be yeah. So there's so much of Europe and Asia that I would love, 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 love to tour. I that I haven't had the opportunity to go yet, and I I hope that's in my future. I hope that is a that is a gift that I will I will get to have. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What so? What about here in the states? Let me think. I mean, yeah, of course, there's so much. I mean, I think I think I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like we're gonna get to go to Montana at the end of the summer for a run, and I am. I am too excited about that between That's awesome. Yellowstone and all <laughs> the spinoff shows. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I'm like, give me all the Montanas that <laughs> I'm so looking forward to. Um, yeah, I would love, I, I, that is, that's very cool. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I, I kind of feel like there's so much of Hey, everyone, don't forget about our other partner, the DCU Center, dcucenter.com. Go there for all of their things that are coming. They have concerts. They have hockey. They have indoor football. They have everything you would want for entertainment right here in central Massachusetts. Whether you're local or not, come and check them out. DCU Center, 50 Foster Street in Worcester. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Hello. Marco. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, I don't know so, what happened. Yeah. No, I don't either. Like you, we were talking, having a grand old time, and then gone. And then gone. gone. Um, all I was saying is, I, the cool thing about touring, doing what we do, is that you see part, parts of the country you will never see otherwise. Sure. You, you know, you get called to go to these random 
towns in these random venues and it's like it's you're like this is america man like i would have never seen this if i just came to this state i wouldn't come here necessarily and i kind of love that i think that that's that's kind of the kind of the best part of it that's awesome yeah yeah so i, I do love that so i i'm i'm kind of happy to go anywhere i want to see it all i don't i don't really have any like you know there's nothing that gets taken off that list. We'll we'll play we'll uh we'll play music for food, money, and hotels. <laughs> That's you know, uh, I That's where we're at. I, you know what? At this point, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, um, have you ever been up here? Where are you? Uh, I'm in I'm in southern New England, so I'm right. I'm in like Central Mass, Lower Central Mass, um, right on the Rhode Island line. I'm right in, but I'm about 20 minutes north of Providence, and about an hour south, hour and 10 minutes south of Boston. Okay, we were in. Okay, so it's not super close. We were in um, Maryland, not last year, but the year before. I know that's still several hours from Boston. That's um, fine. And we did have a gig in Maine last year, but actually we were unable, we couldn't do it. We had to actually take it off the schedule, but we were headed to come up that direction. So hopefully again, hopefully we'll get to head up that way again. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, I hope you do because it's not a bad little, not a bad little place. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Not a bad place at all. You know, we, uh, it's, um, how do I put this? It's a, uh, it's a lot to like, it's, I mean, there's a lot to, uh, <laughs> there's still a lot to be said about it, but it's still, you know. It's a, it's home. Yeah, it's home, right? That's yeah. That's the best. That's it that's is. the cool thing about cool thing about where we are in our country is that it's so big. And it's made up of so many different kinds of people in different places, and that is a unique thing to us. You know, not just us as other big countries, but you compare that to somewhere like Ireland or United Kingdom, it's very teeny, teeny, tiny, right? So right. Um, I love that. I love to go and see where people call home. You know. Yeah, you know, I I think that's why I like to travel because it's. You know, and, and when I do travel, it's kind of like that. It's like, huh, I want to do things that the locals do. I want to go somewhere where the locals go. You know, I don't I don't necessarily want to go to the tourist trap, you know, because, you know, it's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to go where. Yeah. Where do the locals eat? What do they hang out? What do they do for fun? Like, it, that's what that's what I want to see, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we were in Nashville one time. The all the only time I've I've been there now at this point. And, you know, we had just gotten married and we were in, where were we? We were at, we were at Dick's Last Resort. Okay. Right off, right off Broadway there. Yeah, when it yeah. Was, when it was still open. I don't even know if it's open anymore. Um, and we were sitting at the bar and my wife turned her head and she's like, I know that guy. And he was like the manager. And I was like, there's no way. We're like, you know, so far from home. Like, there's no way you know somebody you grew up with that's here and sure enough you know she knew exactly who he was um and you know so we closed dicks and then they took a you know him and the staff because they're all local you know all live there took us to you know off-broadway bars that you know weren't very busy and it was a better time than we had you know going to Jason Aldean's or the you yeah. know, Tootsie's or anything like that because it was yeah. just different. It was it was raw. It was authentic. It was not flashy. It was just you know, that's awesome. It felt like this is what Nashville is supposed to be. Yeah, it's how it used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah. So, yeah. does your husband just your producer or does he produce? produce for other people too produces for lots of people he's it's it's actually hard for me to get him (laughs) schedule in advance you know nice yeah no he's busy he's he's really really good he's great great producer actually and um and then of course with with everybody just um you know with everybody moving comfortably into um like remote work after 2020 um that really expanded the people that would just call on him to even just mix or engineer or master things you know without them even being being present um which was happening i think a little but definitely increased quite a bit through through the 
the craziness of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's a busy man. I'm very, he's very, he's very, very talented. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. That's, that's really cool. You know, I've, I've always been interested in that side of the business. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to pin, pin anybody down for, for an extended amount of time to, you know, talk about what they're, what they're doing, especially, you know, when it comes to producers and engineers and stuff like that, because, you know, they're just so busy. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're, they tend to, they kind of have to be in there. Well, probably maybe much like you, you know, if you're editing or you're, you're kind of organizing and you're just sort of get in a zone. Right. And yeah. 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 You know, I could, I could sit here for, for, you know, really hours and kind of just tool around. So I can only imagine, you know? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So now I know you've got some stuff uh, music wise coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, by the time this comes out, you will have had your latest, your, I want to say your latest single have come out. Yeah. Um, what else is going on for the rest of the year for you? Yeah. So, um, so in, you know, the saga of my music industry life, I, I released a full length album. Um, when did I do that? I did that in January of 21 um called evolution and i was on it i had i had against my better judgment signed another record deal yeah. uh, right over covid and released the album um through this label and fortunately retained the ownership of all my master recordings and so i was fortunately my husband and i were still the owners of everything but i recently walked away from that deal for a myriad of reasons and so as a as a punishment to me, they took all of my music down. Um, oh, Jesus. And years of work and music and exposure and was gone. And so instead of spending the second half of last year writing new music and getting ready to release new material, which is what I was ready and excited to do, I had to sort of pause and, and come back to these songs because I want them out. I'm proud right. of them. They deserve to be out. Um, and think about the strategy of going forward and how to release them again. So the plan for this year is um, we're going one single at a time off of this album pretty much per month. So um, Southern Free was out in March. Uh, Red Deck Riding Hood will be out April 7th, um, which is this Friday. If, Don, I'm not sure when this will come out, but as of now, April 7th is this Friday. Um, <laughs> and we'll be going uh, we'll be going single by single. So I'm, I'm ex- I mean, you know, I'm still now that I've sort of got that plan in place, I'm moving my brain back into the creation of new music. But um, so we we will for people that don't know, don't know me and are going to find out about me for the first time through this. Um, keep your eye on my Spotify and Apple Music because there's going to be a new song every month. And then we've got we just kicked off touring season. We just had our first run of the year this weekend and we're headed to Florida at the end of the month. And then um on and off through June and then I'm out in the UK and Scandinavia the whole month of July um and then hopefully Montana in August we're gonna keep our fingers crossed for that and um yeah and so dates are still filling in but it looks like it's gonna be a good good year good season so looking forward to it yeah that's awesome I'm very happy for you that sounds thank you that sounds great thanks um yeah we gotta get you up here we love it yeah if there's venues that that you think would be a good fit i will pass them to my booking agent and we will we will work on it you know because we have we have some great venues you know i like really good ones I love that. um you know it's it, it's hard because you know a lot of people don't think of you know boston and country music yeah. you know and that's fair but um you know we have quite the scene here like we really really do I love that. Yeah. You know, the local scene is really great. The, um, yeah, it's, you know, we don't always get the, you know, the, the country acts that I wish we, you know, we would get, but, um, you know, it's also, it's, it's also a hard market too. Like, and I get that, you know, um, but yeah, it would, it would be great to, to get you guys up here. That's for sure. Yeah. I would, I would love that. Love that. Well, maybe you and I can chat about, yeah, if there's places you're like, Hey, this is a great venue for country music just i'm i will i, I told I, the 18 year old that has had no shame is now a full-grown adult that has no shame so just it's awesome 
just tell me who it is and I will reach out. Yeah. 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 I will, I will text you a list of places to go to reach out to. That'd be great. Really appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, you know, I know I can't really, I honestly, I can't thank you enough for, for taking your time. Oh my gosh. uh, No, thank you. Telling me about you and and all that. I love, I love hearing about you. You know, I don't, you know, I, I always kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, half, you know, half kidding, half serious. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this show is about, you know, the artist or the person, you know, not necessarily yeah. always about the music. Like, you know, I think people listening to the show would know that, you know, you have something to do with country music, singer, songwriter or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's more important for them to hear about you so that they can go back to your music and say, oh, okay. That yeah. makes a little more sense, or yeah. I can relate to that because they can really, you know, yeah. they they told me about them, you know. So that's, I mean, that's what I strive for, and um, I mean, I'm not, not gonna lie, you didn't disappoint. Oh, well, thank you, yeah, thank you, well, and thank you for you know for being an advocate and ally to artists and giving us a platform to come in and tell our story and talk about it, and for having it be such a such a wonderful conversation. I really yeah. appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. So, I. I told you I had no questions, and I, I always say this at the end of every episode. <laughs> okay. But um, uh, so because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, I need to know about your boots and yes. your whiskey of choice. Oh gosh. Okay. So you need to know that whiskey is my drink of choice across the board. Is it? Um, or are you just blowing smoke on my? No, head? it really is. Okay. It absolutely is. Okay. So my boots are now. I'm a, I'm a I'm a rhinestone girl. Okay, so I'm looking right now in my closet. I've got four pairs of boots that are top to bottom rhinestone. That's uh, awesome. Right in front of me. I I love my boots. Um, I just got my first pair of Freebirds last year, which if if you if you don't know, I think that's Steven Tyler's boot brand. Um, so those have just made it into the rotation. And um, my favorite whiskey. Okay, so it's gonna depend if I'm having. An old fashioned. My favorite whiskey has got to be Four Roses. Really? Yes. Huh. I'm having a Manhattan. I'm going to go with, see, it's not going to be Four Roses for that because the vermouth changes it a little bit. I'm having a Manhattan. It's probably going to be uh, some kind of rye whiskey and if i'm gonna drink it straight i'm gonna go for a bardstown a tullamore dew or jameson interesting yeah yeah huh so all right so now i i'm not gonna lie to you you're the first guest that i've asked this question to that have that has gone into like actual detail (laughs) um so that's fun i love it (laughs) um but for me i've i i'm a big old-fashioned fan Huge, oh, like too. huge. So for me, for me, my old fashions, I love rye. Yes, I, I do too. Like, I do too. I need a, I'm a big bullet rye fan mm-hmm. with my old fashions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, or like really, it doesn't have to just be bullet. It could be any rye. But rye for me is where it's at. You know, I'm with you. And I love a rye in Manhattan. And I do like it in an old fashioned. I found that Four Roses consistently makes a good old fashioned. If you're in a random place and they don't have a huge selection, they seem to always have that. And the heat off the end of a Four Roses in the sweetness of an old fashioned is a solid, solid combination. Yeah, that's oh. good to know. Add that to next time you're out, be like, venture out a little. Be like, I'm doing a Four Roses with my old fashioned. I'm curious what you think. Yeah. Because no, I'm with you on a bullet right. I'm with you. It's a solid choice. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I've, I've never been disappointed with a bullet. Um, I know. With you. Yeah. Huh. Ha, do you have any that you have? You Do you have any whiskeys, bourbons, ryes that you've stumbled across that you don't like? That maybe you've, you know, heard a lot of hype about, had it, and you're like, oh, what the hell? This sucks. You know, for me, I don't like the smoky I don't whiskeys. Either. I don't like them. So, I don't either. Yeah, it's not my thing. And so uh, very often when people hype one, and I find out that it's smoky. I mean, I just, it's not, I just can't. I, I'm yeah. like, and I, and I know that that's just obviously preference. Because I'm, I'm sure that to someone who loves that, those are probably some great, great whiskeys. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you get it. It's just, that's just not, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah, I get it 100%. I'll tell you what I really 
one that is a very, very popular and we've actually toured the distillery and it's one of the coolest distillery tours I've done, but I don't love the whiskey is Maker's Mark. Yeah, not a Maker's fan at all. No, it's too hot. Nope. I yes. just too hot that yes. for me is like as a general rule i needed a little smoother than that yeah yep i agree 100 percent. yeah yeah so 100%. see when i come up there we'll we'll have some we'll have some whiskey and we'll we'll do like a tasting yeah i'm i'm down i'm <laughs> down because you know we have a lot of really great local distilleries too oh cool um yeah that are really kind of popping up all over the place up here and you know i everything i've had i haven't been disappointed so okay well that's good to know yeah yeah okay. but for you know, I'm a big Jack guy. Yeah. You know, Jack is kind of like the staple, right? It's Everybody... a great, it's a great staple. And if yeah. have you toured that distillery, because I haven't, I oh, haven't. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a squire too. And I, you know, I can go. For now, free. come on. Now, now I, I gotta go. You gotta go. I gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. It's, it's such a great tour. It's such a cool experience. It's such a, just a neat, you know, Tennessee staple. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. But, but you know, it's funny because my one of my real favorites is Nelson's Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Well, God, you got now, a couple stops then. I guess so. I guess <laughs> so. And now I'm looking at my collection while I'm talking to you, and I'm like, I just want to open everything. Yeah, do it. Do it. But, I should have. We should have been having a whiskey this whole time. What are we doing? I, I mean, typically I do, but I don't know. Tonight I just didn't. <laughs> Tonight you didn't. So, I didn't either. I should have. I should you have. Know, it's a, the, it's know, a whiskey I, podcast. I think I'm getting. I'm starting to get a little bit of a complex because the last few artists I've had on, um, you know, I get to this question and they're like, "Oh, well, I don't drink," and oh. I'm like, "Oh," or I don't drink anymore, and I'm like, "Oh." Oh, I don't drink anymore. Okay. Well, that, you know, we understand that. Yeah. But like, I still feel like, I was like, oh shit. No, enjoy it. It's Live like, it. well, I'll drink for you then. Yeah. 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 If you'd said that to me at the beginning, I'd have been like, hold on, dude, let me get it. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time. Next now we know. Time. Next now time. Now we know. Now we know. Well, awesome. Hannah, thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, to have you back on, you know, because, you. you know, I, I can't wait to be able to say, you know, when you're, you know, headlining Madison Square Garden. I can be oh, like, hey. my gosh, from your lips to God's ears. I remember when. I remember when. You know what? I'll, I'll bring you backstage and we'll have a whiskey. Sweet. I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. Please do. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, Hannah. Thanks, thanks so, so much. much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. Well, there you have it, everyone, our conversation with Hannah Anders. Hannah, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, like I said before, the conversation and the story was mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. You know, I can't thank Hannah enough for her time and her insight and her wisdom and, you know, really her down-to-earth personality. You know, we've we've built kind of a relationship with Hannah over the last few weeks since we've recorded this episode. And I got to tell you, she's one of the most genuine person you will ever meet. Genuine people, person, genuine person. She's the most genuine person you'll ever meet. Wow. God, tongue twister. It's been a week already and it's only Tuesday. Holy crap. Well, anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, if it's your first time here, you're 500 time here. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining along and hearing these conversations we're having. Make sure you follow us on social medias, like, share, follow, subscribe, all that crap. You know how it goes. Um, we greatly appreciate it. It helps us grow. Um, next week we have 12 OC on the show as our weekly guest. We also have a surprise episode dropping tomorrow for whiskey Wednesday. So, uh, take a look at that. Check it out. We also have another, announcement to make tomorrow so come back for that and um cameron marlowe will be at off the rails this saturday night may 27th uh you can get your tickets off the rails worcester.com 
don't miss this show if you're local. Um, if you're within driving distance, also don't miss this show. Shit, if you need, if you can get on a plane and you have the the uh, the means to do so, by all means, come on out to Worcester. Check out Cameron Marlowe at Off the Rails. It'll be a hell of a night. Looking forward to it, seeing some old friends and smiling faces and great tunes. Can't wait. Um, and that's really it. You know, for those of you that have never been here before, you know, here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast, we're all about real people, real stories, and real country music. So thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, guys, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>